Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Commander Boys Podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Manny. And this is the inaugural edition of our podcast. That's right. Where to begin? I guess let's tell them about ourselves? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, so, hey, my name's Manny. I'm 25, and, you know, life is good right now. A bit of history about me. I'm not in the military, but I do come from a military background as far as my dad. He was in the Navy. Mom was civil service for the Air Force, or is civil service. You know, through her career, I was able to go overseas. I lived in Italy for a little bit, Germany for a little bit, and even Albuquerque for a little bit. That being said, I was born here in San Antonio, Texas, and I didn't leave till I was 13. So for the most part, I was raised here. What about you? Well, I was born, raised, and will hopefully one day die here in San Antonio. Uh, It's the best city in the world. I'm sorry to everyone else that does not live here. I am uh, also not in the military, but I do have somewhat of a military background. My uncle was a colonel, and my dad was a uh, med tech in the army. Uh, So I'm I'm very familiar with that somewhat military lifestyle. We have done a lot of traveling in my family for my dad's job, among other things. So I've seen a lot of the world, despite not actually having lived there. I think that we should move on to telling them a little bit about this podcast. We are uh, the Commander Boys Podcast, as you're well aware of by this point. We are kind of a whatever-talking-shooting-the-shit podcast. Yeah. We're looking to you know, have different conversations together every week. We've been best friends since we were how old? I don't know. Probably like you were two, I was one. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even younger, but uh, uh, that's what we've gone with all of our lives. And as far as the name for the podcast goes, I know we mentioned that, hey, we both kind of have military backgrounds as far as our family goes, but this isn't a military podcast. This isn't a magic podcast because you told me earlier that commanders is a type of strategy or whatever in it's a it's a format in magic apparently. okay yeah so shows what i know where's our name come from well um that actually comes from the myers-briggs type indicator test um basically we both took it and we found out that we are commander boys because we are entj which is the commander type and yeah e- for those of you that don't know the uh the, every single I'm sure originally they didn't have it, but every single uh, type of personality, a little four-letter acronym, instead of having to remember what four-letter acronym you are, they give you a little nickname. So there's like the commander, there's the artist, there's the leader, there's the, you know, yada, yada, yada. And we got the commander personality type. And just a quick little summary about the history of the test as a whole. Um, it comes from the mother-daughter team of Catherine Briggs and Isabel Myers. And like Andrew said, it's a bunch of different personality types. There's 16 in total. And the handbook was originally published in um, 1956. So they've gone through several iterations and publications since then. And uh, we just took ours online through a little... Um, not official one but I mean we got the same results with different subtypes and so that's honestly where our name comes from yeah just for a little fun bit of information some notable people with the commander personality type uh, Bill Gates Margaret Thatcher Franklin D. Roosevelt Harrison Forge you know Forge Harrison Ford <laughs> Jim Carrey, <laughs> Richard yeah. Nixon Whoopi Goldberg and Sigourney Weaver so we've got Ridley and uh, you know, yeah, I do think Jim Carrey is actually another one though. I, yeah, I, I Jim Carrey is on there. I think I read over his name, mm-hmm. right? Because one doesn't necessarily think Ace Ventura when they think Commander, right? <laughs> Even though thinking about the character, kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, we we got to remember that we might be talking to a later generation. They might remember him for such great character roles as the bad guy from that Sonic movie that's coming out. Oh. <laughs> no, let's not tarnish the record of Jim Carrey with. Yeah. Look at the mask. That's that's really good. Look at, like I said, Ace Ventura. That's great. The mask. So, did you ever see the mask? The mask has Cameron Diaz in it. And did you know she's actually seventeen in that movie? Really? Yeah, that was her first um, major film, and like they had this smoke show of a person at the time they're obviously using her for her sexuality in the film itself but she's 17 hmm. 
And I'm just like, ah, 90s. Well, I mean, that hasn't changed that much. As soon as, uh, uh, I forgot the actress's name from the new Game of Thrones series. The the um, little girl. Yeah, um, Macy Williams. Macy Williams. As soon as Macy Williams hit legal age, she had a sex scene in the show. Right. It's like, it may be the final season. We may be rushing through this storyline. We may be on a fast track to the end. But damn it, we got to have that Macy Williams sex scene. She's legal now, and this is HBO. Yeah, but like... I don't know. That's the difference, I guess. But 18, 17. Anyway, fair, I fair. thought I thought that was strange. That's all. It is a little weird. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. It's a little weird. But, you know, you see a lot of that in movies, though. Just in general, it's like, all right, we're going to play. We're going to play with the ages a little bit. But at the same time, you see 25-year-olds and older, maybe, playing high schoolers. Right. Of course. And that... I guess kind kind of makes sense. Uh, you're trying to avoid child labor laws, and you know if you have a sex scene and whatever it is, obviously you can't have that with an actual high schooler, right? Because as we all know, high schoolers and anybody below the age of eighteen do not have sex. They've never had sex ever. Nobody, not even one person. Right? Are you familiar with some of the child labor laws of uh, film? <laughs> I mean, I've. <laughs> <laughs> Of course I'm familiar with child labor laws. Are you familiar with child labor laws for film? Obviously. Obviously. I think everyone on this podcast, let's not insult their intelligence by having me go through child labor laws. Right. Well, for those who don't know, and I only know this because I took theater in high school, and my uh, professor, not professor, eh, teacher, um, great guy, he was well-informed and all that because film is very similar to theater as far as laws go. And a lot of times, the reason why films use older uh, actors to portray teenagers is because if you have an actor that's under the age of 18, you um, have to only let them work a certain amount of hours. That's that's true for yeah a lot of different uh, businesses. But like you, if you're on set, you can have easily an 18-hour shift. Like, 18-hour, hey, you're on set. Most of the time, you're not even on camera, but you got to be there. A second you have a, a child actor, it's eight a day, eight hours a day. Hmm. Maybe six. I'm not too sure. But that's a lot of the reason why you try to avoid using underage people in film because then you are just extending your production time and thus extending your cost. I wonder if... Like, obviously, the Disney Channel uses a lot of child actors. I mean, they use a lot of adult actors, too. But I wonder if that's why there's so many, like, filler plots and side stories in a lot of Disney Channel shows that have, like, the actors that are adult actors pretending to be kids and no one else because they can have those segments be recorded during and before and after the whatever the six-hour slot they have for the kid. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that would work. Anyways, that's a really weird tangent. At least that's something we weren't planning on getting into, but um, I mean, that's that's the whole point. You're listening to this podcast. You you are here as a hey. This is our conversations that we have in a regular week to week basis. We just bottle them up and then throw them all over this microphone. Dear listener, you tell us some interesting thing about the film industry. Wow, that was interesting. Fascinating. Good in- good info. Great. Uh, so, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, man. Well, this weekend, my car has been in the shop, so I haven't done a lot this weekend. But Uh what we did do uh, was we recorded (laughs) the first ever inaugural edition of the podcast. Oh, man, was it amazing. It was fantastic. Now, dear listener, you might be thinking to yourself, wait, I heard you say at the beginning of this episode that this was the inaugural edition of the podcast. Am I being lied to? Do you have a secret Patreon already? And the answer to both of those questions is no and not yet. But we... (laughs) You're not being lied to yet. (laughs) Well, no, we don't have a secret podcast thing yet. Okay. That's, we're working on that. Super mm-hmm. secret podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we uh, we recorded our first ever episode of the Commander Boys podcast on our high-tech recording equipment uh, in my guest bedroom of my house, in our, a.k.a. the recording studio. If you don't look to the right or your left, it's not a bedroom. Right, right. Because as long as there's no bed, it's not a bedroom. Right. Right. So, uh, we... We recorded it, it was solid, and we enjoyed the heck out of it, but uh, sadly, our lack of knowledge with the particular recording equipment that we are using, as well as the uh, <laughs> the recording software that we are using... The high-tech 
very free. very expensive free recording software that we are using uh, caused us to lose the entirety of the episode. And so now here we are again two days later recording another episode. <laughs> right. Like I'm getting ready to go to work within a couple of hours. It's it's something. I yeah. would not be here in work clothes, but right. I am. But And hopefully we have it figured out. We have a protocol now that we won't necessarily get into, but it all it always sucks to lose an episode. And I didn't think we were gonna feel that burn until later on but i'm glad that we felt it now yeah i figured we would be like you know trying the day before we were supposed to release once we already committed to a schedule and then lose an episode so i'm glad we got that way out of the way now when it's like oh hey we haven't uploaded anything yet it's okay yeah well apart from that this weekend i went to a soccer game really that's awesome yeah uh as you know but the audience doesn't know um here in San Antonio, we have a team called the San Antonio FC, and we can go into the two ten. We can go into the whole naming system of soccer and how some of them are just named after the city, but some of them have nice names. Right. But um, yeah, I'm a season ticket member for the team. Uh, we had a we had a fun game there. It ended in a draw. You'll never be able to guess the uh, the score. Two two. No. Zero zero. No. Mm, I can't think of any of the numbers. How about 1-1? One, one? Ah, there you go. Yeah. So both both goals in the first 15 minutes of the game actually made for an exciting game, believe it or not, because each team was trying to break the tie. For those of you that are American, which I assume is all of you at this point, maybe not down the road, but at least at this point, uh, and you think that soccer is boring, remember that NASCAR is a huge sport here. They're making a left turn. <laughs> They're making another left turn. And also baseball. Also baseball. Baseball is incredibly boring. So that much so said, that part of baseball is taking a break from baseball. <laughs> that being said, like in many sports games, much more fun if you're there live watching it, but horrible for TV. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that you have to have color commentators just talk, talk, Well, talk, I mean, talk. it's a 21st century. They can be whatever kind of commentators they want to be. Ha, ha, ha. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you're not the biggest sports fan. I am not. I, I am not a sports football fan of any kind. I do enjoy soccer, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, sports have never been really my, my forte. Uh, I think a great example of that is when we were kids and listener out there, Manuel is a great guy, but seems to have no memory of the best years of his life as a, as a child. None. At least uh, none that involved the two of us. And I, I can't I can't figure out if there was a concussion that I missed or, you know, the Men in Black came up and flashy thinged him or what. But uh, solid, solid, just absolute blank slate when it comes to our history. So I get to have this fun moment of where I tell him a story about himself and he gets to live relive this amazing, amazing time. And then you guys will get to relive it along with him. So real quick before you go into your story. There will be flubs and butchering of words and maybe even inconsistencies with sports terminology from both of us. And you can send any hate or suggestions or maybe even a compliment to commanderboyspodcast at gmail.com. So continue. Fair enough. So I have never been a sports fan. Never ever. But my best friend here has tried his entire life, or at least most of it, to convince me to fall in love with some kind of sport, any kind of sport. He'll settle for golf, NASCAR, baseball, football, basketball, you know, you name it. We've tried it. He's tried to get me onto it. We were, I'm going to say like six and seven, seven and eight, somewhere in that ballpark. Makes sense. And we are in my kitchen at my childhood home. I'm sitting there, we're talking, and uh, it should be noted that his dad at the time worked for a golf course, the Fort Sam Golf Course. Right. And uh, my uncle, as I stated earlier, is a colonel, and so he plays golf uh, three times a week, whether he needs to or not, hurricane, wind, storm, shine, whatever. Look, it's great exercise. It never rains on the golf course. Right. So he played golf multiple times a week at this golf course. We would go to this golf course, my uncle and I, a few times a week, not because I enjoy playing golf or even would go play golf with him, but because their food court had some of the best damn hot dogs I've ever eaten in my entire life. 
We're talking plump, thick, juicy sausages here. And to their credit, actually really good hot dogs. Yeah. Like, not just tooting the, tooting the horn. Like, they, they standed the test of time. Like, there was no reason for them to be as good as they were for just a cafeteria at a golf course. I haven't been there in years, but I'm sure it hasn't changed. Probably not. Uh, I mean, obviously, they rotate the dogs out. They don't leave them there for very long. No, but the, the quality is, is, is staying. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned to him, my best friend, I love going to the Fort Sam golf course. This kid, I swear, his eyes lit up like a kid who first saw Christmas for the first time, mm-hmm. who found out that the Tooth Fairy was real, who found out that his puppy that he thought ran away came home. Like I got 37 gifts when I was only expecting 30. Right. I'm, I'm talking extremely ecstatically excited. And he says, you like the Fort Sam golf course? I love that place. You know, you can tell the wheels are turning. Like we have sports to talk about. He found a sport he like. I go there all the time. We can get him a set of clubs. We can go out. We can hit balls. Blah blah blah. And then I followed up with, "Yeah, they have the best hot dogs I've ever eaten in my life." And just as the highest of that height happened, it all came crashing down. The hopes. Got knocked out from under him. The wind fell out of his sails. <laughs> if you ever seen The Price is Right, you had the little hiking man. And then, I love hot dogs. All the way down. I think you even went home after that. It was like, well, I gotta go. I'm just, I'm, you know. Heartbreak? Heartbreak? No, I'm going home. I'm not gonna deal with those emotions in front of you. I'm taking all seven feet, eight feet, however long it is to get from my yard to your yard and vice versa. And I'm going to think about it. Right. <laughs> See you tomorrow, buddy. I'm out. I mean, you and I both have our heart broken by women, but I don't think it was even, even remotely as <laughs> devastating as when you found out that I meant hot dogs instead of golf. Right. Well, that's a little bit about me and sports. I mean, what, what about you? Have you played sports? Are you a big sports fan? I mean, I played sports, yes, but not in the realm of high school for everybody trying to they never got me to do it yeah and it mostly came from i don't want to practice but uh peewee oh i played the heck out of peewee you know it's like i was on i was on a soccer team uh i don't remember the name of it but we did go to regionals and we won solid so there's that yeah not not regionals division it's just division for the city but still we won we got into the local paper huzzah nice and then um yeah, a little bit of t-ball, and that was great. And then up until middle school, uh, no, fifth grade, not necessarily middle school yet, but I did play a season of basketball. And that kicked my butt because I was a little fat boy, and running up and down, it wasn't for me at all. <laughs> like, I remember one game, I was running, I was winded, I was done, and, like, I'm looking to the coach, I'm like, take me out, take me out, and I'm just, like, for the audience, I'm just putting my hand across my neck, like, I'm like I'm just getting cut, like, take me out, coach, I'm done, I'm done, and him not understanding what I'm saying, he's like, no, keep going, keep going, you're doing great, you're doing great, and then he eventually calls a timeout, and I go up to him I'm like, Coach, how come you didn't take me out? He goes, It wasn't time yet. I was like, Did you see my signal? I was done. Like, I, I couldn't go anymore. I was ready to get subbed out. He's like, Oh, is that what you meant? <laughs> so yeah. But uh no, like in high school, um I I am a big boy, was a bigger boy then and uh the football team wanted me like I said, I wanted to play, didn't want to practice. I understand the necessity of practice. I just never wanted it. Right. Wrestler, the wrestling team for Italy, they wanted me. Uh, we should note he means the wrestling team for the American high school in Italy, not the wrestling team of Italy. Right. Not the national team. <laughs> oh, it would have been something if the national team wanted me. Like, I have no experience. Yes. Yes, but you can just sit on him. <laughs> you are the biggest guy in the country. Um, but no, like I went to an American school, both in Italy and Germany and part of the department of defense and the wrestling coach in Italy wanted me. We should also note the wrestling team was not part of the department of defense. That's not the, the, the <laughs> department of defense in Italy. It's just, 
he was part of the Department of Defense and then was on the wrestling team. <laughs> right. Although, Although once again, would be awesome visual. Like, send him to the wrestling squad. <laughs> Come out of nowhere. Unitards and all. But uh, no, so I was even entertaining the idea of joining the wrestling team in Italy. But I was over the weight limit. Hard. Like, there was a certain amount for even heavyweight and I was maxed out. And that coach, in all fairness, was like, okay, Manny, you, you, that makes sense. You can't lose 30 pounds overnight. Okay. If you want to work out with us, you can. But we're not going to force you. And then about a year later, I moved to Germany. It was the video comm guy, which, quite frankly, is the only reason why I kind of understand the setup that we got going on right now. Right. But, oh, my God, Andrew, he want, his mouth salivated every single day. I was just like this big chunk of fat, hunky meat that he wanted for his wrestling team. Oh, for his wrestling team. Okay. Wrestling. <laughs> right. Well, in the way, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was crazy because he guaranteed Euro's champion, which in our realm, for those that are not too familiar with it. With Dollar champion. What is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> U.S. dollar champion. Uh, it's about... pennies more than the actual dollar (laughs) champ. No, uh, it's their their equivalency of state champ. Right. So I was like, oh, that's 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 big. Uh, That's cool, but I don't want that. I don't know, coach. Let me think about it. And so for a good two weeks, not only him. Every time I saw him, bring it up to me. All the players on the wrestling team, every single one of them. I had guys coming up to me that I didn't even know, but they knew me. Somehow they knew me. Well, they were just probably like, you know that big kid? That guy. Well, no, no. I, I guarantee you it was during practice, like that first day, the coach went up. All right, guys. So there's this guy named Manny. We need him. We need him on our team. He doesn't even have to know how to wrestle. We can just roll him onto the person yeah. and bam. We'll teach him to wrestle. Like, I asked him, hey, what's your wrestling experience? I see WWE on Mondays and Fridays. Okay, well, we'll take it from there. Give him the people's hammer, they'll be fine. Right. Show him the eyebrow, you're good to go. Absolutely. But, uh, no, so these guys would come at me, and I would tell them every time, like, hey, no, like, I'm over the weight limit. I can't. Because it's the same thing. The weight limit hasn't changed from one country to the other country because it's all under the school well, and of they department all use of metric. Defense. I mean, if you came over here. Right. But uh and so I was like, "No, no, no." But these guys were telling me, "Hey, like start doing drugs. Stop start stop eating. Like do all that. Like if you're going to eat, throw up." And I was like, "Oh my god." So I I'm going to assume not all wrestling sporting events is like that. I know Hashtag not all wrestlers. Staying at your weight limit for you know whatever division you're playing in is important but that's not me like if you want me to <laughs> drop weight just to be part of your team you're going around it the wrong way buddy and uh what you can't pick up cocaine addiction for the team come on man you get with it not easily <laughs> <laughs> but uh it ultimately ended in the worst slash best way possible best for me worst way for the coach because he came up to me he's like all right so what do I got to do? Like, you know, we've been, we've been asking you this entire time. And I said, okay, coach, well, I'm thinking, I've been thinking about it. And I want to say yes on one condition. Yes. Okay. What is that? Do I have to wear the unitard? Which of course you do. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, you do. I was like, I can't. We can't have two grown men fight over a purse and a belt without being in spandex. Right. (laughs) I said, well, coach, I can't do it. I can't. I, I don't want to wear the unitard. I can't do it. He's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah." You fi- figure out a way for me to not wrestle in a unitard. I'll join your team gladly, but I am not wrestling in a unitard. Yeah. He's like, "Well, then we can't do that." So that's my experience with at least sports outside of just being a fan. So, podcast listeners, what we're, what I'm hearing is, if we make this to 100 episodes, Manny wears a unitard. Right. 
We'll, no. we'll get on camera. We'll upload it to the Facebook or the you know Instagram, Twitter, etc. At Commander Boys. That being said, like if you were like, "Hey Manny, let's go down to the baseball diamond, hit a couple of balls." I'm I'm all for it. If I like, ever say that to you, I've been replaced by a body devil. <laughs> Please shoot me either and that, find out what they did with my real body. Either that or you're incredibly drunk. <laughs> like, hey, Manny, let's go swing a bat and hit a ball. <laughs> you mean one of those flying bats? No, the wooden one. <laughs> the wooden bat. My my experience with sports has never been quite that extensive. I, I was never sought out for any major teams or I never had a coach in high school or anything come up to me. The only time I think I was ever sought out for a sports team of any kind was uh, I played... Ping the, pong. Well, yeah. Ping pong in college. So I was pretty good about that. Exactly. Could, but mostly because I was the only person that could wield the like giant paddle that we had and... Because we had the th- we had three- the paddle of whacking, right? Look, we had three regular ping pong paddles and one like wooden katana for some reason, <laughs> and I was the only one that could manage to maneuver that. So I I can't play ping pong with a regular ping pong paddle, but you give me a giant sword, I can absolutely play ping pong with it. It makes sense. No, I distracted you. Go on. No, no, you're good. Uh, that's a, that's a true story, by the way. I we really did have a giant oh, wooden I katana. I believe it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. As all of my stories will be, dear listener, 100% true, factual every time. Always the facts. Researched and incredibly thorough. Send it through an old machine because it's just the facts, man. Absolutely. I was in YMCA soccer growing up, and that was like, you know, elementary and early before that, you know. You were a young man. Yeah, I was a young man. No need to feel down. And the best part was the team that recruited me was called the All-Stars because, you know, early 90s and... Hey, now. I was an All-Star. I got my game on. Go play! Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Uh, so, in for those of you that never had the wonderful experience of your parents enrolling you into soccer at elementary school, and I say soccer as, like, a very loose term, we all just sure chased the ball and tried to make it in the goal. Like, there was a vague amount of strategy. There was a vague amount of skill involved. But, I mean, it was 99%... 50 kids running back and forth on the field trying to catch soccer balls. But you chased the ball the best. Well, no, I played defender. I, I stood there and watched while my team chased the ball, and I kept it from getting in my gold. I mean, I, even I, better. I was a solid defender. My dirt castles that I made while the ball was on the other side of the field were solid. Uh, but no, so we, when you when you get enrolled, you have the option to sign up for a specific team, if you know of a specific team that you're going to play on, like if your kid has a friend that you want to enroll them with, you can play on the same team. Or you just don't put the team name and then you get signed on to whatever team that you want to get signed on to. So I think the first year I was on the Rugrats because, once again, early 90s. The second year I was on the Raptors because, you know, Jurassic Park 3 had just come out. Early 90s. Early 90s. <laughs> Actually, Jurassic Park 3, that would be 2001. So, but still. Oh, okay. Well, well, that makes sense. Either way. Somewhere around there. You know, early 90s names ensued. And the final year I was on a team, we played against a team called the All-Stars. And, or it was the final year I was on a different team. And we were playing against a team called the All-Stars. And afterwards, the coach came up to my parents and was like, Hey, your kid actually looks like he vaguely knows what he's doing. And that's all that I'm requiring for my team. So next year, you should have him sign up on my team. And so for the next two years, I was on the All-Star team, and we not only didn't lose a single game of the regular season, which doesn't matter because everybody gets a trophy in the YMCA League, but he actually signed us up for a tournament at the end of the year that was like a real elimination style. True blue tournament. Right. There was a winner and a bunch of losers. It it was really cool because we actually won that. That was the first time that I really had ever been in a real sport competition because, you know, YMCA League is fun and all, and I enjoyed it, but it's... Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Everybody gets a trophy. Real quick tangent. I just remember one time I was cleaning up my room and I see nothing but my old trophies from when I was a kid. I thought I posted something on Twitter that was actually really funny, but I don't have the following to get laughter. I said, does anybody... That's the reason. (laughs) Yeah, right. I said, does anybody have the need for 20 trophies specifically made out for Manny Zambrano <laughs> 20 bucks are best offer <laughs> see I actually did something really cool with my trophies well at least my ribbons you melted it down and made it into a throne no I thought about it 
uh, but plastic doesn't melt into a throne as well as one might think. Okay. Because, you know, it turns out they're not real gold. Right. Uh, but with my ribbons, at least, here in San Antonio, and I'm sorry for all of you listening to this in the future that never got to experience this, we have the world-renowned Toilet Seat Museum here. Rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, it is. it was run by a man named uh, Barney. Very, very solid. He had been... Uh, he was a uh, fireman, a plumber, and an artist. And when he retired from the first two... He held on to that last... <laughs> he held on to that uh, artist thing. And he wanted to incorporate, you know, art with his other jobs. But since, you know, sculpting flame is a little more difficult for the non-firebenders of us, he decided to stick with plumbing. So what he did was he got defective toilet seat covers and would paint on them or draw on them or whatever... And he he told his wife I would stop at, you know, 50 or 60 or whatever the number was. And uh, last time I was there before he closed up for the time being, it was at, I want to say, like 200, 300, 400, 500, somewhere in that ballpark. Quite a bit. I think he was working his way into the thousands because he added more even after I left. This is the end of my tangent. We oh, I went there one time and he's like, I have an FFA one, I have a Boy Scout one, I have a Girl Scout one, but I don't have a 4-H one. And for those of you that don't know, which is everybody, because I haven't said it yet, I was in 4-H. Uh, and so the I got humblest a few, of brags. humblest of brags. Uh, so I got a bunch of ribbons and stuff for that. So I gave him a bunch of my ribbons, some 4-H artwork for our 100-year anniversary that we had a few years back. And uh, he made a toilet seat out of that. So my... High school achievements will live on forever in a toilet seat museum. <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> my but, dreams were not flushed. But anyway, back to the story at hand. So my, my soccer my soccer experiences were minimal at best. You go uh, undefeated in a tournament. I go undefeated in one tournament. And then the following year, uh, I was too old for YMCA soccer. And so my mom decided that I needed to be Americanized. True blue American. Right, and play what is America's pastime, if not baseball. Dodgeball. Oh, well, no, it's baseball. 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 And so, um, I don't mind watching a baseball game. If you take me to a baseball game, as long as there's food there. As long as there's a hot dog in your hand and a bottle of Coke in your other hand. Right. You know, something something to do. Uh, I'll enjoy watching baseball. I do not, however, enjoy playing baseball. Not only is it way too long... But uh, I have this thing about being hit in the face by a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. It also probably didn't help that one of my two baseball coaches had lost an eye from that exact thing and wore an eye patch to every one of our uh, practices. So that <laughs> Don't worry, kids. That'll never happen to you. Yeah. So oh, you met him. <laughs> so No, he just came in. <laughs> my mom enrolled me in this baseball team. And her word of advice was, look, if you just hear the crack of that ball on the bat, you'll fall in love with the sport. If you if you hit that ball and you don't love it, I'll never make you play again. So I tried for every single game of that season. Every single game. Every single inning. Trying to hit that ball. And I missed it every single time. I could not hit it not one time until the final chance that I had. It was the final opportunity of the final game to hit the baseball. Now, it wasn't like, you know, a movie or anything. It wasn't the game-winning point or anything remotely such. We lost every single game we played. But it was the final opportunity for making this uh, hit. I go up to bat. I take a swing, and I miss. I take a swing, and I miss. I take a swing... And everyone stops because for the Crack. first time ever, well, it was a ping. I had a metal bat. Ping! I, I hit this ball. I'm not moving. My coach is not moving. The audience isn't moving. The other team who we had played before isn't moving because no one thought I was going to do it. Until my mom from the audience yells, run, 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 Andrew, run. So I start running to first base. Now, it should be noted no one ever told me what to do when I ran to first base because no one ever thought I would make it that far. Nor would you ever pay attention to anybody else. Right. And so I'm running to first base, 
And I see a bunch of people on the sidelines with this horrified look on their face. And the first baseman looks scared. <laughs> now, I at the time thought it was because of my mad sports prowess and abilities and raw talent that he was in fear of that I had just hit this ball in a home run or something. Finally, people recognize your skills. Right. It turned out it was because no one had ever told me what to do with the bat. Mm. So I just ran to first base with the bat in my hand. And as I'm running, it looks like I'm swinging this bat at the first baseman like, I'm going to hit you. The good news was, because of his fear, when the second baseman picked up my ball that rolled to him, because that's how hard I hit it, and threw it at the first baseman for him to catch and tag me out, because he would have had plenty of time, he was so busy worrying about that I was going to hit him, he missed the ball. So I made it to first base. Hmm. And the game immediately ended because the second guy after me struck out, and that was all however many it takes to strike out a round, and the game was over. But <laughs> I made it to first base, and I learned. It. You heard the ping of that bat. I heard the ping of that bat. I got my experience, and I learned that I hate playing baseball. <laughs> and then you never played a single sport outside of ping pong ever again. Well, and esports. Esports. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm a hardcore esports player. <laughs> but you heard the ping of that bat, and you're like, wait a minute. If there's a pong in this, we got something. But then you yeah. played for the USA USA <coughs> national team. We have a USA national ping pong sure team? Sure we did. We went to China. Really? See that one documentary came out in the 90s. Oh, Balls of Fury? No. Oh. The guy, he was a war veteran. Then he found ping pong when after he got injured. Then he went to China. And it was the first time that a white guy had been in China in like 3,000 something years. Then he came back home to his place in Alabama. Are you describing Forrest Gump? Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know, he met the president. He did. He met several. Ask him where to ask him where the bathroom was. Exactly. So hearing about your coach reminded me of a story. Okay. And uh, it was a few months back. Uh, me and my friend Jessica, we were driving down the road and we come across this person. Tangent here. I, uh, <laughs> I have a strong urge to be like... Uh, it's my friend Jessica and I, because that's what my mother and my aunt have done to me for years and years and years. So it's just ingrained to correct people now. But continue Fair. on with your story. Uh, my friend Jessica and I were, <laughs> go, were going down the street. And uh, she doesn't drive. And, you know, I, I like to drive. So it's it's fine. Oh, so you were in a car. Right. Okay. You were just strolling down the street. No, 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 no. Okay. We come across this person in a Kia Soul. Okay. Uh, one of those standard green Kia Souls. With the hamsters? Yes. Okay. Except not the hamsters. Just not the hamsters? An older woman. That's with... way more disappointing than a hamster. Exactly. Okay. But this woman had a unlit cigarette in her hand with the window down. And then I looked, and she doesn't have an actual license plate. They are paper plates. So this led me to think, oh... This person doesn't want to smoke in their car or their spouse doesn't let them smoke in their car. Right. Which immediately put me into this fantasy world of, look, you said don't smoke in the new Kia Soul. And here I am, unlit cigarette in my hand, not smoking in the Kia Soul. You never said no cigarettes in the Kia Soul, Jeremy. This is me, not smoking in the Kia Soul. <laughs> and I have no idea that this person actually sounded like that. But, oh my God, for the rest of the day, I just ruined my vocal cords with, Excuse me, I'm not smoking. Nobody's smoking in our brand new Kia Soul. I would like to say that one day we're going to have to do a whole podcast where you just don't get out of that voice. <laughs> I could do it. We could, we could make it happen. I honestly think I could do it. Let us know. Send us an email at Camaro Boy Podcast. <laughs> uh, Hashtag Scruffy Voice Manny. Episode 52, Kia Soul Lady makes a special guest appearance. <laughs> guest hosting Kia Soul Lady. So that was just like a real quick story, but I honestly love doing those type of voices. Every time I get to just 
mess around and do a different voice, like, I'm in heaven. I should be a voice actor. That would be a lot of fun. I just don't know where to start, nor do I actually think I have enough range to do a whole bunch of different characters with that. All right, you hear that? Any of y'all needing voice acting, hit me up. Commander Boys Podcast. Yeah, exactly. But I heard that you have a very specific phrase that you don't like. So I think that there's a period in everybody's life where they have a a thing that sends cold shivers down their back, you know? Mm -hmm. For most people, I think it's the standard we need to talk. I think think anybody with a significant other of any kind, or even a parent, you know, when you hear the phrase we need to talk, that's that's like, especially if it's followed by a hey, like a hey, we need to talk. Hey, can you settle down? We we need to talk. Yeah, that that's that's scary, you know. But I or have a come fr- into my office. Oh, come into my office is another one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's or I called your parents. Mm-hmm. Or you know any any of those kind of level of phrases. I have a phrase that I feel like trumps every other phrase in my life. It builds a wall around them and deports them to the other side of that wall. Ha 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 political humor no (laughs) i uh i think i think this phrase for me is just so well ingrained in my from my childhood days that it just i can't even express the the level of terror that it sends me through that phrase is oh by the way now you might be saying to yourself oh by the way that's not like that's oh by the way I forgot to pick up you know bread at the grocery store or oh by the way did you remember to turn the return the movie to Blockbuster or you know oh by the way I forgot to tell you I fed the dog so you don't need to do that right that not even all of those are negative because uh, obviously if you forgot to return the movie to Blockbuster it's your movie now and also we're in the nineties right uh, <laughs> but I have this fear because of one very wonderful lady. My mother. Now, salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Great mom. 25 out of 10. Motherhood of the year, hands down. I love her to death, but when she would utter this phrase, my whole family gets concerned. Because when my mom says, oh, by the way, she doesn't mean a simple, oh, I forgot to pick up bread at the grocery store. It's, oh, I meant to tell you, I'm inviting 300 people over next weekend. Do you mind help hosting the party? Or, oh, hey, I signed you up for public speaking, and even though that you are terrified at this point in your life of public speaking. Or, oh, hey, you know that public speaking thing that you were terrified of? Well, you did so good at it, I signed you up to speak in front of 300 people. You have that's a, the dinner that you're hosting. That's the dinner good that luck. you're hosting. <laughs> I have these moments throughout my childhood of this, oh, by the way. And I think it's perfectly summed up in this story from my senior year of high school. Now, a little context about me. As I stated earlier, I was in 4-H. I loved 4-H. Highly recommend it for anybody out there that's looking to stick your kid in an activity thing. Real quick, 4-H stands for? Head, heart, hands, and health. Right. The uh, 4-H, for those of you that don't know, is very much like a um, rural form of Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts kind of thing. Farm Scouts. It's, it's essentially Farm Scouts, but I was in a... City-based. City-based uh, 4-H. I almost said boys. I was in a city-based 4-H organization. So while we had access to do some of the animal stuff, most of ours was consumer decision-making, small engine repair, leadership training, uh, food and nutrition, things that are, are still rural-based, but they're inside of a city, not inner city. I was recently told that that is the incorrect <laughs> yeah, terminology. Yeah, that's something completely different, even though I was inside of a city. But... I digress. So, I went through uh, 4-H most of my middle school and high school life. And for my senior year, I achieved what is known as the Gold Star Award, which is the 4-H equivalent of becoming an Eagle Scout. It's kind of a big deal. Not everybody gets to do it. It takes a lot of work. But it's not unobtainable for anybody that's been in it for a while. I also won a scholarship through our local uh, SA sale committee which uh, is an acronym that i can't for life of me put in. san antonio sale committee yeah there so, you go yeah. fixed it there you go it's the uh it's the committee that's in charge of the san antonio livestock show and rodeo and they award a scholarship 
to anybody that received the Gold Star Award. So there's no scholarship that comes with the Gold Star, but the way that it worked out, if you got a Gold Star that year, you got a scholarship. The sale committee is really invested in making the rodeo one of the best things in the world. So whenever they do something that would be good publicity, obviously they want to have a press conference, which no shade on them. That's totally fine. On board with it. So they ask all of us who received the gold star that year, I believe there was about four or five of us, to come and be at this press conference. And then they had said previously that one of us was going to speak at the press conference to sort of represent the group. Mm -hmm. And I thought, cool, great, awesome. That sounds like a plan. We are on the way to this press conference, right? Yeah. My mother says the phrase, oh, by the way. At this point, were you conditioned to have shivers down your spine? Or oh, yes. was it still doing Full on already had shivers down my spine. So my heckles are up. You know, my, my alert is on high. I'm I'm looking for, you know, the next attack. Where is it coming from? I'm having Vietnam flashbacks, like... Seeing, seeing flashes of red. Right. Where... Oh, okay, what, what's, what's the oh, by the way? And she says, oh, by the way, did I not mention... You are the one that they represented to speak on television. Now, I should note, this is not the local 4 o'clock, you know, San Antonio news. Not that that would be unimportant. This is statewide news. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, why a why is a little press conference where a bunch of high school kids got scholarships statewide news? Well, I'm glad you asked. It was a dry news day. <laughs> it was dry news day, and... A state representative, a senator, and the governor were all speaking that day on the press conference that I was then following them up. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were following me up. I'm not really sure. But I was following somebody up, and it was somebody way more important than it had any business being there. Now, I should also point out that from where my house is to where the press conference was being held is maybe a five-minute drive. Okay. I'm being told this information that I'm speaking halfway through this five-minute drive. <laughs> so. But you already have your notes, so it's fine. Uh, no. There, no notes. <laughs> no notes. No nothing. No prepared speech. No even knowledge that I was speaking. Fortunately, I was dressed nice because I knew I was going to be on camera, but I didn't know I was going to have a speaking part. Just straight up, fuck it, we'll do it live. Right. So, I get there. And my internal panic is on 11 here. But I will say one plus to my mother being an oh, by the way, person means that I am prepared to do anything at any moment now. Uh, If Boy Scouts are prepared, I am even more prepared. I went completely off the cuff. You know, I I knew to say thank you to the people that I need to thank. You know, this means a lot. We we as the recipients of this would go far in life. You know, we're, I made sure to almost tear up a little bit, not quite cry. You want to, you don't want to cry on camera, but you want to look like you're about to cry. You're being strong and holding back your emotions. Right. You know, I, I crushed it. Uh, it was, it was awesome, but it was definitely one of those moments of, I am so glad I've been conditioned for this because anybody else, I feel like, would have not, not been able to pull that off. But so that is that is my phrase that sends, you know shivers down my spot so make sure if you do send us an email or connect with us in any form of social media always make the title oh by the way because i live for those moments i live for the moments of panic (laughs) any criticism oh by the way (laughs) let's make that a thing um hashtag oh by the way right Share your oh by the way moments with hashtag oh by the way oh, on by the Twitter way. and Facebook. Oh by the way, oh by the way, oh by the way, guess what? <laughs> um, so you want to wrap this up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the social plugs. Where can you find us at? Oh uh, well, luckily for you, we have everything under one name, pretty much. You can go to Facebook, which we don't really use, but we still have it. Twitter, which we'll definitely use more of, and Instagram, which we have mostly everything on. All that can be found under at Commander Boys. That's the at symbol C-O-M-M-A-N-D-E-R-B-O-Y-S. At Commander Boys. At Commander Boys Podcast. And on SoundCloud, which is presumably where you're listening to this, at SoundCloud.com forward slash Commander Boy Podcast. That's SoundCloud.com forward slash Commander Boys Podcast. 
You got that? Good. And to be quite honest, we're still very new at this. We're going to figure out a way to get the podcast to you, the listener. We don't necessarily have a clue what we're doing right now. We're figuring it out as we go. We will get this on iTunes because that is the big hairy gorilla in the room. Apparently 90% of all podcast downloads are still being done through iTunes. But with that being said, here's where you can help with us. If you find this podcast and you're still on SoundCloud or maybe even on iTunes at this point, you want to listen to it on this thing. You say, but I only listen to my podcast on Pandora or I only listen to my podcast on the Himalaya app or I only listen to my podcast on Spotify or whatever particular... Podcast addict. Yeah. I only listen to my podcast when somebody opens the window and shouts them into my ear. If that's the case, I will yell out the window. Can't guarantee you'll hear it. But we will do our best. And he will yell out the window in his uh, Kia Soul Lady voice. Hey! Welcome everyone! But here's how you can help us. If you have a place that you want us to have our podcast and you say, this is the only way I'll listen to the Commander Boys podcast, send us a message. Let us know. Send us an email. Send us a Facebook, a tweet. You can tweet at us or Mm -hmm. Twitter at us. We'll we'll see your twat. Yeah, there you go. Don't don't, don't show us your... past tense of tweets. (laughs) Please don't show us your twats. (laughs) Just just your tweets. Hashtag don't show us your twats. Uh... But Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, however you want to let us know, smoke signals. I, I don't know smoke signals, but I'll learn if that's the way that you choose to communicate. Yeah, like full, we will 100% try to make this as available to you as possible. And uh, hey, help us grow. I mean, we don't necessarily have the best social media presence in our personal lives. If you can tell two or three people, kind of like the route of a, <laughs> of a pyramid... Uh, we're not we're not a sales pyramid, but Shh, don't tell them that. Yeah, we're an inverted sales pyramid. We start at the bottom, right? We <laughs> we're are, on the ground floor. We are two people. We will tell a few people. Those few people will tell a few people. Let's grow. Let's make this thing great. But um, yeah, just spread, make podcast great. <laughs> spread the word, and we'll do our part. Maybe even more than what we should, but we're gonna make this happen. And I'm looking forward to it. I know Andrew's looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to it. We're going to get this done. Um, But yeah, up until next time, I'm Manny. And I'm Andrew. Thanks for listening. We're the Commander Boys. See y'all later.